This week's awesome message will start in a few seconds. But first, we hope you will stay connected with Southridge by liking us on Facebook or by following us on Instagram and Twitter. Search for the handle at Southridge Now and click the follow button so you can receive uplifting, encouraging content right in your feed. Thanks again for listening. Glory to God. It's such a blessing to be with you guys here this morning. Uh, my name is Miss Ayel. I get to be part of this wonderful community here. Um, I first want to just take a moment to say thank you to Pastor Micaiah for this privilege. Also to my family who puts up with me while I'm studying, right? Like, leave me alone. I got to study God's word, right? Um, also, it's a great thank you and a privilege to share the word. And uh, thank you to the staff for allowing me this opportunity. Amen. Uh, but we've been on a series. This is week two of a series called More. Can you guys say more? more. You guys are loud. You guys don't want more. Do you guys want more? All right, I'm going to preach about 50 minutes then. So more. Um, and Adam did a, such a great job last week just setting up and starting us off uh, explaining the more of life. We want more stuff. Uh, like by a show of hands, who doesn't want more money? Oh, you guys don't want more money. I got you, huh? Who does want more money? More vacation time. More, no, no donuts for you. You forgot them last week. That's your fault. <laughs> So the more stuff we want, the more we want to earn. And that's exactly where, where the series wraps around. And it, and it kind of took off with, with a teaching from a gentleman called John Wesley. And what ended up happening was he was a man staying in a hotel. And as he was staying in the hotel, the, uh, the housemaid came to make his bed. And it was during the winter time. That's important because when she came, she had a small little sweater on. And he asked her, hey, don't you have a heavier coat? And to which she replied, well, sir, this is all I have. So John Wesley being moved by this young girl with the small coat being, you know, being cold, he goes, well, here. And he reaches into his pocket and there's nothing there. Now, I got to remind you, John Wesley, this took place before push pay, before banks, when Wells Fargo was actually a wagon. You know what I mean? This one, this took place. So this is not like he had any money with him. It's just he didn't have anything else to give her. And from that moment on, he decided... He was going to set a spending cap on what he was going to do per year, right? And he came up and he started teaching and he started teaching this concept that he would earn all he can, save all he can, and he would give all he could, right? So earn more, save more, give more. In his, in his case, what he did was he, send that, he set a cap of how much he would spend. So let's say about $70,000 per year is what he set. Anything over that he would give away. Some of us are like, that's crazy, man. I can't even live on $70,000 a year. It's like, have you seen my house? Right? So what ends up happening is he takes us and he starts teaching it. And as people start adapting these, these concepts or this teaching, they start being successful in their businesses. They start growing in their finances. And they're like, what is going on? What are you guys doing differently? Right? And as Adam was sharing with us last week, they were earning all they can, but they were also saving but once they saved, they also gave back to the people around them. So they not only made an investment in themselves, they also made an investment in those around them. So a lot of times we find that we, if we don't invest in ourselves, it's like, oh, man, I'm just throwing that money away. But the greatest investment that we can have in our lives is investing in others. See, money will come and go away. For example, I used to work at a bank for about 10, 12 years, and I worked at other banking institutions, and I always would crack up when 
people would go travel outside of the U.S. Because they would say, hey, man, I got $1,000. Give me some euros. Okay, bro, that's 40 euros. They're like, what? That's it? It's like, yeah, it doesn't have value. So meaning you can have all the money you want, but the value fluctuates. When we invest in people, the value doesn't fluctuate. The value stays the same. And as we go back to what John Wesley was saying, earn more and save more, Adam took the easy one. <laughs> so he had, the, he had the privilege to share on earn more. I have the privilege to share on saving more. Now, it's a double-edged sword because I'm a, I'm a really good spender, right? People are like, oh, no, the wife spends all the money. No, that's me and my matrimony. I'm the swiper. You need it? I got you. Don't worry about it. It's on me, right? New shoes? On me. Don't worry about it. So when Pastor McKay presented it to me, I was like, I have so much to learn. But what I discovered as I was studying and I was, and I was diving deep into, into the word and, and studying is that the more I want to save, the better habits I have to build. So, the, so I could start with the mentality and create this great financial plan. But if I step in with bad habits, I have the same result. I end up right back where I started. The Bible puts it this way. You don't put new wine in old wineskins. So the reason it says that is because wine, when they would pour it into the wineskins, it would continue expanding. When you pour new wineskin, new, new wineskin, look at me. That's my Spanglish there for y'all. When you would pour new wine into old wineskins, it would continue expanding. The problem with that is the skin has a limit. And as it would continue expanding, it would burst, and then you would lose that which you invested so if you consider your wineskin, your habits, and you considered saving more than you wine, do you see what would happen if you put it into an old wineskin? So it's not only about, hey, man, that was great. That was awesome. But how do we adapt these habits into what we're doing in our daily lives? See, habits are kind of like, let me run. Habits or starting is always the hardest point. And I'm going to be real with you. The hardest part about this message was starting to study this message. The hardest part about going to the gym to my gym folks is getting to the gym. I'll see you in a month, right? <laughs> Pastor Makai is not here. I'll send him your way. I'll send my pictures. So I'll be there with y'all, right? <laughs> but the hardest part about starting to save is saving, right? It's like, oh, I'm going to get started. New year, new money, new resolutions. Got it. February comes around. Oh, they're having a sales Martin Luther King Day. Oh, those shoes I was waiting on. Oh, Jesus, you know. If you're my wife, Cecilia, coach is having a sale, Mike. 70% off the whole store. Cool, that's 70% I don't need, you know. <laughs> so what we end up doing is we procrastinate starting because although we know the benefits, we don't want to commit because we just don't want to start. There was a guy who was entering, entering to a monastery, and the monk tells him, he welcome, welcomes him, and he says, hey, let me know if there's anything you need so I can show you how you could do without. <laughs> and as we start thinking about it is, how many things can we do without? Just think about it in your daily life. What kind of things can I start trimming and adjusting in my life that I could do without? And like, Mike, you don't know, I need my coffee. Starbucks has my, I walk in and they know my birthday. Like, bro, I, it, that's not changing at all. That's just the way it's set up. I need these things. But what I realized as I was studying is we all have a guilty pleasure. 
guilty being the fact that we don't have enough to splurge on it, but we still do it. Pleasure is enjoying it, right? Guilty pleasure. And what I, what, I, what, I, what I was trying to say is what I found is that guilty pleasure is the more that we want out of, out of life. Because we want eternal, uh, eternal fulfillment with temporary things. For example, as you could tell by my awesome, handsome body that my wife sees every day, I love to eat. <laughs> That's my guilty pleasure, right? So what happens? Even though when I shouldn't, I still do. Because I find a fulfillment, a temporary fulfillment in eating. It's like, man, I have to try that deep fried mac and cheese wrapped in bacon. Oh, why not? You know what I mean? I have to do it. Like, why, why wouldn't I? Other people are like, oh, man, did you see those shoes I got released the other day? Other people are like, so-and-so is going to be in concert. I have to go. You know, people, other people have, you know, everybody has something. But what we find is that we have to keep on doing it over and over and over again because it never fills that void. See, the thing about being made by an eternal God, he made a space for an eternal wanting. And a lot of times we try to fill it with more vacation, more money, more, uh, more raises, more things in our life, but you can't fill the Grand Canyon with a bucket. You can't fill an eternal longing with something that's temporary that's going to fade away. And you're like, is he going to read any scripture? Why don't we read some scripture? How about that? So we're going to read in Luke chapter 12, uh, verses 15. We're going to just start off with verse 15, if you could put it up. And it says, then he said to them, watch out. This is Jesus speaking. Be on a swivel. Look out. Right? If you guys know where that's from. (laughs) If you don't know, I'll talk to you after service. So from the story and king area, that's where I live. I'll let you know. <laughs> Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And then he goes on to sell a story or a parable. A parable is just a, a, a Bible term for a story. And he says, and he told them this parable, the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant, an abundant harvest. Can we stop right there? So this man was just an average man. And it says, what he planted, what he sowed, gave him a rich abundance. And meaning he, he invested money, he got a great return back. Next verse. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I'm balling right now. I don't know what to do with all this money. Ooh, it's my money and I want it now, right? I have no place to put it. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store up all my surplus. So what he was saying is, I got 10 cars and I need a bigger garage. Let me just tear it down and start from scratch. Verse 19. And I'm sorry, I'm throwing you guys off back there. So thank you for bearing with me. And I'll say to myself, I have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. So party hard and go crazy. But God said to him, you fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will you get to have then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? And verse 21. This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but it is not rich towards God. Ouch. The first thing that hit me when I read the passage, I was like, I'm not even greedy. Because the automatic thing we want to do is we want to pass this message to our neighbor. Like I wanted to be like, hey, Misael, have you talked to Mike and this Mike? 
uh, this message is for him. Because we're like, I'm not greedy. I share everything I have. The thing about greed is greed does not discriminate. Greed doesn't care about gender. Greed, it applies to everyone. And it doesn't matter what you have or what you don't have. Because greed is a position based on the heart. Because you can have a lot and be greedy, but you could also have nothing and still be greedy. See, where you stand upon greed will determine the more. Let me explain. See, I can have nothing and not want to help with the little bit that I can do. Or I can have an abundance and still do the same like this rich man did. Question to propose here is, if he had so much grain, why didn't he build build a bigger table and feed the hungry? If we have so much to offer, why don't we expand our doors and step out of the four walls and do more? If we know so much about the good news, why don't we share more where we are? Are we being greedy with the gospel? I know it hurt me too. Don't worry about it. You don't have to respond. It's cool. (laughs) See, greediness is about where you stand and your perspective on it. And the biggest takeaway for me from this whole message is that more is it's not a treasure map to Jesus. A lot of times when we come to Jesus, it's like, if I follow Jesus, he's going to give me exactly what I want. If I follow Jesus, he's going to hook me up with that new house. He's going to hook me up with that girl that I've been praying about. Oh, Jesus, bless Sessie where she's at. Let her walk by me one more time. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Right? We see Jesus as a treasure map, but the flip side to that is the more is Jesus. The word says put God, put the kingdom first or put God first and everything else will be added onto you. It doesn't say get on the path and then everything will be added onto you. Isn't that what it says? I believe that's what it says. So that leads me to understand that the Bible also tells me where your heart is, that's where your treasure is. So when we look at it from that standpoint, the more we want, the more we want to save, we really have to figure out where our heart position is. Is it in a place where we are focusing more on what I can get out of God? Or are we focusing more on, Lord, I'm here. What can I do to serve you? Now, what the heck does this have to do with saving? (laughs) I'm going to get into it, I promise. So as we find, I found three things that helped me in the save more process. And if we could put up number one. It's think more eternally. What I found is, as, as I begin to study the more, now that we have this, this foundation of what the more is, which is Jesus, is the more I filled my life with his, uh, with him, the less things I have to worry about. The less things I learn to do without. The less things I know that I could bless other people with. See, we talked about the Grand Canyon and filling it up with a bucket, but have we thought about our personal lives and just reflect What things am I trying to fulfill or cover up? That's another one. What are the things am I trying to cover up for an eternal longing? See, a lot of times we say, if I knew now, what is it? If I knew then what I know now, I would make a different decision. See, a lot of times we we act on a spur of the moment. I call it um, coping habits, (laughs) right? We do things on the spur of the moment. We just jump out. I'm going to get this done. Fast forward a week later, oh my goodness, if I would have known then. When we take a step back before we make decisions financially in our lives, spiritually, whatever we're doing in our lives, and we think not about the now, but eternally, how much would my, de- would my decision change? See, a lot of times when we, when we focus on the eternal, the decision that we're going to do changes. Hey, man, 
you know, I was going to buy those shoes. You know, they're about 180. I'm, I'm a shoe guy. I'm sorry, you guys. So if you don't like shoes, we'll talk later. I'll hook you up with a pair. Little baby gap shoes, but I'll keep my own. Anyways, but what I'm saying is when we, when we think about these things in the long term, we make better decisions. When we don't focus on, we, we cut out the things that we don't need at the moment, and we focus on the things that I could do on the long term, we could do it. Let me tell you a testimony. This is fresh out the box, like Stan's Donuts, right? <laughs> Last, yesterday, I went to go pick up some flags uh, at Oak Ridge Mall, and the sewing store just happened to be right next to Nordstrom Rack, right? Not a problem. But I told you my coping mechanism is swiping my left hand and my right hand because I'm ambidextrous, right? <laughs> so I walk in, and I cut through Nordstrom Rack because it's the fastest way to get there, I told myself, right? <laughs> and, I, and as I'm cutting through, the first thing that shows up on my right-hand side is the guy's sections, all shoes, right? And a lot of my friends, they collect shoes, they invest in shoes, and there's a pair of Adidas shoes called the Ultra Boost. If you don't know what Ultra Boost is, it's like walking on clouds heaven just under your feet. Not only that, they were the limited edition, and somebody had returned them at Nordstrom Rack. So not only were they returned, I could deal with that. I could spray them clean. Don't worry about it. I'm not discussing. They were half of the price that they would normally be retail. And I was like, oh, Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> ah. I took them out. I looked at them. I was like, man, these are, they didn't even wear these. Right, I put them back. I, I almost walked away out of there. I come back. I bring them out again. I'm not here for this. I'm going to go get the flags. So I go get the flags. But on my way back, instead of bypassing it, I call my nephew, who's a shoe collector as well. And I say, hey, man, look what I found. I send him a picture. Tío, tío means uncle in Spanish. Tío, those are fresh. Those are so cool. You should really get them. I was like, I should, huh? <laughs> you see what I did then? Positive reinforcements against my guilty pleasure, Right? And I was like, well, the, see, I have to set up. I now got the approval from my nephew. I now need to get the ultimate approval from my wife. That's what really matters, right? So I'm like, if I just swipe the card and I tell her I did it, once she sees him, she'll be like, oh, you messed up, but it's okay. I like him, right? <laughs> so I go back. I snap some pictures, and I just pause for a second. And I was like, oh, my goodness. These will look really good on my feet. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm being honest here. Consider this my confession to you, right? Ruben Sitter said Confessions 2004. This is Confessions 2019, fall version, right? So I put him back and I'm like, do I really want to put up an argument before I have to share God's word? And I put him back and I walked out of the store. I call my wife and I'm like, hey, babe, you'd be very proud of me. Because now i got to get reinforcement for the good decision I made on our behalf, right? (laughs) And I was like, hey, I saw these shoes. And she goes, what did you do? Are they in the car? (laughs) No, but look, I send her a picture, hoping by sending her the picture, she would say, those are really nice. Go back and get them, right? Because I'm trying to to fulfill my, my need, you see? I'm trying to fulfill my temporary pleasure, So she goes, oh, those are nice. So when are you coming home? 
just bypassed me completely. I was like, man. And I learned that I could admire it, but I don't have to acquire it. Fast forward 30 minutes, my niece and her lovely boyfriend, who I love very much and I want to choke every once and again. Jesus is working on me. Forgive me, y'all. Forgive me. I'm kidding. It was a joke. We don't condone violence. We just pay somebody. Anyways. <laughs> so he comes over to the house and he goes, hey, man, I was thinking about you the other day. I said, yeah. He's like, what size are you wearing shoes? I was like, stop playing. He's like, oh, you know, 11 and a half, 12, depending on the brand. Adidas, 11 and a half. Mm. Check out your boy right here, right? He goes, hey, man, so I ordered a brand new pair of shoes, and you know what? The Lord put it in my heart to bless you with them. So what I found is when I held out to fulfill my temporary pleasure, God blessed me with so much more because now I can take what I was going to spend and invest it in his kingdom. That just happened last night. I'm excited to wear those things. So when you see me walking in church with, like, paper towels under my shoes, those are the new ones, okay? <laughs> so when we think eternally, we make the decisions, the right decisions to save more because we're not giving in into our guilty pleasures. Number two, live more simply is number two. Now, this part is hard, and I'm going to admit it because we live in the Bay Area. Business insiders said that Sanibel, Santa Clara, and San Jose have now jumped to the number one most expensive city to live in, 30% higher than the national average. We outdid San Francisco, and that's hard to do. They got the Golden Gate. What do we have? San Jose Giants? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how is this so expensive? So how in a place that is so expensive, how are we going to save more? What are we going to do to live more simply? Like, Mike, I get what you're saying. That's a great idea, but I can't do without. The question, the question that I want to propose to you is, have you tried doing without? Do you really need those things? Did I really need an extra pair of shoes when I have 10 more sitting in my closet? Okay, let me, here's my... I have about 12 pair, okay? And I wear them solemnly. And I'm so picky that there's a pair of boots that I won't even wear when I drum. That's how picky I am, okay? What I'm saying is, if I learn to do without, God will bless me with more. See, because when I focus more on Jesus, when I make him my priority, because remember, God is not the treasure map. He's the treasure. And as Adam demonstrated last week is, you could settle for a donut, Mr. Shoppet, and lose out on $100, right? But the thing is, if it would have taken, let's say if it was me that would have taken, if I would have I had the courage to stand up, because I don't want to stand up and ruin it for everybody else, right? Because I would have ate the donut before I made it down the hall. But Adam in his box, and if you weren't here last week and you don't know what I'm talking about, Adam is sitting right here in the front row. He was the host. You could talk to him after service. He'll, he has more of what he had in the box, okay? And he'll share it with you. So he takes in the donut, and then he has this box, but there's not, you can't see what's inside the box. What was inside the box was $100, right? So if Mr. Shoppet had settled for the box, the, then the question would have been, what are you going to do? Are you going to buy a donut, or are you going to buy multiple donuts, or are you going to save it for a time when there's no food or there's a need, and you could bless somebody else with it? 
See, everything in the Lord, everything in the earth is the Lord's and it belongs to him. So what we have technically is just borrowed. So why wouldn't we give it back to those in need? A lot of times what we find is we don't have enough to give because we weren't living simply. We were splurging on things that the Lord blessed us with. We're blessed to be a blessing. And I'm not saying, hey, don't go buy this. I'm not saying any of that. What I'm saying is let's be more conscious about the things that we're doing and the way we are investing. See, the way we save more is by simplifying our everyday needs. I like to eat at home. I don't like to eat at home. But my wife is a great cook, so I eat at home. And I want to live another day, so I eat at home. <laughs> right? The thing is, I could only do reheated meals about two times. After that, I'm like, I love you, baby, but how about that cereal? <laughs> what ends up happening is I end up stepping out, and I'll go get a bite to eat. Right? Or I say, hey, babe, did you cook anything yet? No, babe, go ahead and pick something up. What do you want? And it's usually, no, we shouldn't, really, we shouldn't really get that, babe. I think we should try this. It's better for the kids, right? More for me. <laughs> but what I learned is that when we were looking over our budget, a, a large percentage of our funds went to, went to eating out. And then I turned back around and I said, how much more of that could I have saved to bless somebody else with that? And that's hard to do. Again, because living simply is not easy. It, gets, it goes against everything that society is pushing around us. How many of you guys watch YouTube by a show of hands? YouTube? TV? The square box with the hole that shows pictures? <laughs> All right, good. How many commercials do you usually see about a day? About 20, 30, right? In the middle of a show? Some of you guys have the prime, so you guys don't pay for commercials, but you guys see it before the movie starts? See, what they want us to do is to live, to make it seem like what we don't have is not is enough. Like you got the latest iPhone is not enough. There's a new one coming out in the fall. Watch out, right? Hey, what you have right now is not good. I know you just bought those shoes, Mike, but don't worry. Those are old news, bro. Check these out right here. <laughs> because they don't want us to live simply. They want us to invest and buy something. They want us to, hey, that money you have saved up, don't worry about that, man. You can make that up again. But can I? Today's a gift. Tomorrow's never promise. What am I going to leave behind? Point number three. Give more generously. And if I'm saving more, how can I give more? That's really the question. Is... If I'm saving more, how can I give more? Mike, you just told me to put all my money away to live simply, not to buy you those shoes that I want to bless you with because you were talking about them. Like, Mike, how do you want me to give more if I'm saving more? See, the thing is, when we put God first, he will supply everything else that we need. And when a need does present itself, then we can give more generously. I believe this house, this church, we call it house, church, place of gathering, meeting tent, whatever you want to call it. We got blessed by something that happened similarly. There was a need because we were renting a U-Haul truck, uh, truck every weekend and it was at an expense to the church. But somebody took what they had saved and they gave generously to the church. And now when you walk out our front, there's a truck outside. Now, if you're here at 6.30 in the morning, you understand why it's such a blessing. Because now we used to have to run up the ramp 
Now we just put it on the lift. So if you were using that as your workout, sorry. <laughs> right? So what we see is when we save more, we have the ability to be a blessing to somebody else. We have the ability to be generous with other people because we set the first principle, which was to save more. When we put Jesus, when we put God up front, he's our more, he's our treasure. And he blesses us to be a blessing to those around us. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If it was a blessing to you, don't forget to share it with a friend or family member this week. If you have any questions, we'd love to hear them. Get in touch with us by visiting SouthridgeSanJose.com slash connect. Again, that's SouthridgeSanJose.com slash connect.